There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the July. Hello and welcome to the Power Chord Hour podcast, episode three. I am your host, Anthony Merchant, welcoming you to the show and thanking you so much for checking us out. You know, we are still a very, very new podcast and uh, still kind of getting our voice and getting this thing figured out. So we are very thankful to have you here. Appreciate the support. And uh, if you like what you hear, tell your friends. And if you've not checked out the first two episodes, go check them out. We got an intro for you as well as a best of 2019. Those were the first two episodes. And tonight we got a little bit of everything for you. Tonight I got music news for you. Going to let you know about the albums that have been released in January. We don't have tons, but we definitely have some that you should go check out. I got some songs to play for you, some new music, as well as a few old songs in uh, our segment, which I'm excited to start doing on the show, is the Power Chord Hour Best Songs You've Never Heard block, and uh, a couple obscure songs from bands that you should know that you probably don't know, just because, you know, they never really got their due. So we're going to try to give them their due on here, but, you know, just a whole bunch on the Power Chord Hour podcast, and I'm really excited to uh, you know, continue doing this and see where we go. I have some really cool things lined up with uh, some really rad guests, and uh, I think it's just going to keep getting better and better from here. And uh, also later on in the show, it is a uh, older one, but it is a very good one. I'm going to have a uh, an interview for you that I did with James Alex of Beach Slang back in uh, 2017. For the seventh anniversary of Alex Chilton's passing, we talked all about Big Star for a couple minutes. So uh, I'm going to play that for you a little later on, considering Beach Lang just put out a new record and uh, first one in quite a while. And, you know, it's crazy because, you know, like, I mean, speaking of Beach Slang, like, it, it's funny. I feel like I feel like about two years is the threshold for a band, like, you know, like in between albums. Where people people are like, okay, it's like me. You, like, you might get people like, oh, when's the next album? You know, like maybe a year after your album was released. But I think overall, people aren't too antsy. But I feel like, at, you know, like I feel like most people would agree with this. Like two years is like kind of the you know like the in between where bands can have of touring and promoting on a record and then putting you know recording and putting another one out. And it's kind of funny because, I mean, like with this album, this new Beach Slang record, it's like when it came out um, a couple weeks ago, I was thinking about it. And, you know, their last album, A Loud Bash of Teenage Feelings, it came out back in 2016. And it's like, wow, like four years. Like you really, you know, it's insane, but it's like that can do a lot to a band. And, I mean, it seems like they're still in a good place. Like they're still, you know, like people are still interested and uh, they've got a lot of press for the new album and, you know, a lot of eyes on it, which is really cool. They definitely deserve it. But it's like sometimes that can be detrimental to your career. You know, it's funny. There's some bands who if you go away for too long, people will forget you. You know, I mean, sometimes it works in your favor and it's like you, you break up and you get bigger when you reunite. Like My Chemical Romance is a great example of this as well. Like they are a band who, you know, obviously I'm, I'm sure all of you know, I mean, it's been huge news, but, you know, obviously reunited. And uh, they've played, I think, only one show so far, but they have a bunch of uh, shows announced for this year. But it's like, if you remember, like, I remember when that band broke up. I remember the night they broke up. And, uh, I mean, I I remember it being on, like, AbsolutePunk.com, like, really late at night. Like, I think they announced it, like, 11 o'clock at night. Like, kind of out of nowhere. Almost almost like it was, like, a Friday night and then, you know... Surely, you know, maybe 10, 20 minutes later is on AbsolutePunk.com or .net, I believe, AbsolutePunk.net, which no longer exists, but uh, I really did enjoy quite a bit. But anyway, um, you know, when they broke up, they weren't playing huge places. Like, I remember, like, one of the last times they played Cleveland, like, on a headlining show, they were playing House of Blues, and, I mean, it sold out, but the cap there is still, like, eight or 900 people. So, I mean, they weren't playing, like, like people kind of forget that. They weren't playing arenas. And I guess one of their last tours would have been the uh, the 2011 Honda Civic Tour with Blink-182. But they were opening for Blink-182. And, I mean, they weren't, it really wasn't a co-headliner. I mean, they played, I believe, for probably a good 40 minutes, maybe even an hour. But, I mean, Blink-182 still played, like, at least half hour, 45 minutes more. And, uh, you know, it was definitely not a co-headliner. So, 
you know, it's just interesting. Like, I mean, and they had their time, don't get me wrong. I mean, during the Black Parade and all that, I think there's definitely a time where they were playing arenas. But it's like people kind of forget, you know, you think of them as now because they've come back and it's just so much, you know, there's so much, like, press around it and, like, everyone's covering it. You know, it's not like a thing where just, you know, like, alternative publications like Alt Press are talking about or something. It's like you actually see it in, like, news outlets and stuff. And it's just kind of crazy because it's like I'm – like, I'm sure other people remember this, too, but it's, like, it's funny because it's just, like, like, and I have no problem with it. It's great that they have all this attention again, but it's, like, you just remember when they broke up, it's, like, no one really seemed to care, to be honest. Like, outside of the fans, it's, like, their last album didn't do super well. Um, I don't think the fans loved it. You know, the shows, like, you know, I, I think they were doing so-so, but it's, like, the band was not firing on all cylinders, and it's, like, you know, sometimes when you break up like that, it ends up in your benefit. You become huge. I mean, there's tons of other bands like that, too. Let's look at, I mean, Jawbreaker, one of my favorite bands. I'm broadcasting right now. I'm talking to you, or should I say podcasting. I'm podcasting with you right now in a Jawbreaker beanie. And, I mean, that's a band who, now, I had never heard them, you know, until, like, 2013, you know, which, I mean, I was, like, six when they broke up. I might not even have been six. I might have been, like, four or five um, when they broke up. So it's, like... You know, obviously, I couldn't have, have listened to them when they were around the first time, but it's like that's a band that really, I mean, I think was was kind of, you know, I mean, they were known around in the punk rock scene, but was not a mainstream band. And then obviously, I mean, they signed to a major label for Dear You and All Hell Broke Loose. And I mean, and end, it ended up, it wasn't, I think it was kind of the uh, straw that broke the camel's back. I think there was a lot of tension and stuff before Dear You, if I'm remembering correctly. Like, I don't think all things were super peachy before the whole major label debacle but i mean that was kind of like a you know if there was any reason to stay together you know like they didn't want to stay together and if there was a reason to it was no longer there but it's like you know you look at a band like that and it's amazing i mean sure they're not playing like arenas now but it's like they're playing huge places i've seen them three times now on the uh, reunion tours i mean headlining riot fest 2017 and then at the uh oh i believe may have been the Hawthorne Theater in Portland, and I may be wrong. I think that is a venue there. Oh, no, no, I believe the Crystal Ballroom in Portland. I saw them. They did two nights in 2018. And, uh, I mean, those shows are probably like a 1,000 people at each show at least. And it's like, that's pretty damn big for Jawbreaker. It's like, I mean, I wasn't around the first time, you know, the first time around when they were a band. But it's like when you look at video and stuff, it's absolutely, you know, like they play, you know, they're playing like Gilman Street and a lot of really small places. So, you know, it's just absolutely crazy to see them get back together and, you know, I mean, just get huge. So it's like, you know, sometimes it's funny, but it's like breaking up is sometimes the best thing for your career. And I've I've uh, I've talked to JT uh, Woodruff of Hawthorne Heights. He's the front man. Really, really good dude. All the guys in that band are great. And uh, I mean, we've talked before and he's joked about it, but it's like it's a it's a half joke, half kind of serious thing. But it's like he said, it's like Hawthorne Heights would be so much bigger if we broke up and they've never broken up. And it's like he you know what I mean? It's like it's funny, but it's like he's not entirely wrong. Like a lot of times you break up and all of a sudden people care again. You know what I mean? And it's not not to say that people don't care about Hawthorne Heights, but it's like maybe he's right. Maybe if they broke up and got back together at this point, it's like maybe they'd be playing arenas right now. It's like, you know, you never know. But I just think it's crazy how that works. And then other times, you know, I think it can work the other way where you go away for a long time and people just don't care when you get back. You know, there, there's it can be a very dangerous thing. There's there's certain bands like this is a band that I love. And it, it I mean, no disrespect by this at all. I mean, they, they're really like probably my favorite band of the last decade. But it's like I always think about the band mixtapes because, I mean, it, like I loved that band. They were around for like. I don't know, five or six years, not super long. And it's funny to think now they've probably been broken up longer than they were together. But, uh, you know, it's it's insane to think about that. But what I often wonder about them is, like, if they got back together, would a lot of people be there? Because it's like, you know, they were starting to get some heat before they broke up, but they were never huge. Like, I mean, I saw them play tons of times, and it's like there are a lot of times where I saw them play to, like, you know, a handful of people and well, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not like talking trash or anything like that. Really, like I love that band. Like probably my favorite band to come out of the 2010s. And uh, you know, I always wish they would have been bigger. 
But just what I'm saying is, you know, a band like that who's now been broken up since 2014, and they did play, like, I think one reunion show at Fest a couple years ago, but that's also, like, you know, kind of their stomping grounds. But it's like I do I do wonder if a band like that could get back together and, you know, if there would be even enough interest to play, you know, small venues around the country. Like, I just wonder that, you know what I mean? And I would hope they do. It's like I'd love to see your mixtapes reunion. But there are certain bands you wonder that. Another one, and it's funny – um, you know, I wasn't even thinking about it when I was talking about this, but uh, a song I'm going to play you later for uh, the Power Chord Hour Best Songs You've Never Heard uh, music block is The Benjamins, a band that I love so much. And I've, I've been playing on the radio show since the beginning now, you know, on the Power Chord Hour. But, I mean, they're another one where I've I've wondered this and uh, I've, I've asked their bass player, Benny, this. And I, I don't really don't remember what he said. I think, I think he kind of said there's probably no interest, but I think there's also the modesty. And you know what I mean of like, well, no one cares about my old band. But it's like I do wonder a band like that as well where it's like could they get back together and, you know, pull in – at least a couple hundred people, you know, and like even like a 12 date, you know, reunion tour, like just around the country. It's like I wonder that because like sometimes, you know, these are bands who weren't huge before they broke up. But it's like like I was saying, sometimes that momentum builds, and you don't realize it and you get back together and you like you're huge. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I always think that's interesting. And it, it just it came up uh, recently because of the new beach slang. And it's like realizing that it been four years in between. It's like, you know, sometimes that can really hurt you. And I think they've been lucky. Like I said, I don't think it's really hurt them. I feel like there's you know a lot of eyes on the new record and it is a good record. But it's like sometimes that can really, really hurt your uh, career. But, you know, I would love to hear, you know, I, I love to interact with people listening to the show and, uh, you know, we can kind of maybe continue this on the next podcast if uh, people write in. But it's like, what bands what bands that have broken up, you know, have you seen basically get bigger from breaking up? You know what I mean? Like, let me know some of the bands, like some of the biggest ones you can think of that, like, you know, maybe weren't huge before they broke up and just got huge afterwards. Um, I mean, I think The Replacements, my favorite band of all time. I mean, The Replacements are another great example of that where, you know, they had some mainstream success in the 80s, but it's like once they broke up was really when I think people started caring. And it's also part of the thing that, that pissed off Paul Westerberg and the rest of them, and rightfully so, that like when they were doing it, no one gave a shit. And then once they broke up, you know, people, I mean, for one, they broke up and then the 90s started and everyone sounded like them. And it's kind of like that, too, where it's like, well, when we were doing this 10 years ago, no one cared. And now they do. But, you know, I mean, obviously they got to enjoy a uh, arena. Yeah, they definitely did an arena tour for their reunion back. I was going to say a few years back. We're probably talking like five years ago now, if not more. But that's one where I think they were probably playing the biggest shows they had ever played of their career. And I think that's awesome. Like same with Jawbreaker. Where it's like it's cool where you didn't get what you deserved the first time around. You didn't get your credit. And now you're getting your credit. You know, it's long overdue, but you are getting your credit. So let me know. PowerCordHour at gmail.com. Hit me up. Like, what bands can you think of? And, I mean, the other way, too, you know, the other way around. What bands, like, kind of broke up, you know, and got back together. Or, you know, it didn't even break up, but took a lot of time in between albums. Kind of, you know, went on hiatus or whatever. And just does didn't seem to ever bounce back from it. You know, which is a sad thing, but it definitely happens. Right now, we're going to play some new music for you. You know, is the beginning of the year. And uh, I don't think there's tons and tons of music normally released in January, but we did get a few cool albums. So I'm going to play you some stuff right now. And uh, this first one is from a band called Northbound. They've been around for a little bit, but uh, this is this is one of their first albums. Not their first, but one of their first albums. It is called Soul Kiss, and it's really, really good. This is the first that I heard of them, and uh, I'm really liking it. It's funny because I've, I've seen it in more than one YouTube comment or in, in multiple comment sections on their YouTube page on different songs, but people going like, this is a heavier modern baseball. And I really like that comparison because I think it's true. I think there's... There's definitely a vibe to it that's kind of similar to modern baseball, but it's more of those heavier kind of pop punk aspects of modern baseball, kind of like your graduation and some of the songs that are more like that. And uh, which I always like because really I've, I've the funniest thing with modern baseball, and I like them enough. I mean they're not my favorite band, but I definitely like them. But it's like your graduation, I still think while it is a strong single, it's one of the most misleading singles of like any any like pop punk band 
has ever put out because it's just the rest of the album doesn't particularly sound like that. Like to me, I hear that song and I go the first time I heard it, I'm like, Oh my God, which I had heard them before. Cause I only live though. I saw them open for mixtapes in like 2013. So I saw them maybe like six months before they put out. Um, I believe it's, Oh man, I'm, I'm, Oh, you're going to miss it all. That album, their uh, second record, you're going to miss it all. And uh, probably their biggest record as well. And my favorite, I'd say, but, uh, you know, I I'd, I'd heard them live before that. And then hearing your graduation, the studio version, when they put it out, it was like, wow, this sounds so different from when I saw them live. And then when I got the album, it didn't sound, you know what I mean? Like they, it, the album sounded more like what they sounded like live. And, I mean, I'm not even saying that as a bad thing, but I'm like, oh, this isn't what I expected the rest of the album to be like. You know, I was expecting basically a more straight-up pop-punk record instead of like, you know, kind of pop punk, but more, you know, like, like kind of, kind of heavily influenced by like the weaker thans, and you know, kind of has like that, you know, a little bit of like hold steady, you know, what I mean, kind of the weird phrasing, and uh, you know, they they definitely didn't do just straight up pop punk. I mean, I th- I think there were pop punk elements of that band, but uh, you know, I just think that song, which is just you know st- a straight up pop punk jam, um, basically. You know, is just when you hear that for the first time, you don't hear the rest of the record. You kind of expect that, and I don't think the rest of the record sounds like that. But uh, yeah, this is Northbound is kind of like a heavier modern baseball. So if you like that heavier side of modern baseball, I think you'll like this band. And this song is called "Bad Blood" off their new album "Soul Kiss," right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast. I'm sick to my stomach. You've got me dying. Was one, and the golden line will come. 
Right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast, that was Dog Party with a cover of the Beatles' I Feel Fine off their new EP, Dog Party Sings the Beatles. Before that was Gov Hex, a band coming to you from Belgium, and uh, that song was called Collage. Go check them out. They are a uh, brand new band, and like I said, out of Belgium, and uh, they're on all social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Their music is on Bandcamp and Spotify, all those good places that you already know about, that you're already on. So go check them out there. They are Gov Hex. Give them some support. Let them know that you heard about them on the Power Chord Hour podcast. And opening up that block of new music for you, that was Northbound with Bad Blood off their new album, Soul Kiss. Some other albums you should check out that were released this January. We got Anti-Flag with 2020 Vision, Criteria with Years, and that is their first album in years, Um, The Drowns with Under Tension, that is out now, Band-Aid Brigade with I'm Separate, and that features members of Pears, Armchair Martian, and The Gamets, so you know it's good, and uh, also Beach Slang with the Deadbeat Band of Heartbreak City, And a really, really good album. I mean, obviously, I was talking about it in the beginning of the show. And I was talking about it on the Power Chord Hour uh, radio show uh, last week when I was playing uh, the opener off this album. And like I was saying, it's like I really like it. And there's some really strong songs on it. But it's like I think what's holding it back is is like, you know, maybe like four songs. Like It's like a 10 or 11 song album. And I'd say like seven songs are really good. And then, like, I think part of the problem is there's still they still do some of those elements of quiet slang on it that, you know, I don't hate. But my thing that I always say about them is they are such a great just loud rock band that the quiet elements, it's like, eh, I mean, it's OK, but it's like they sound better electric. You know, they're so good electric that it's like that's how I want to hear them, which don't get me wrong. It's it's a very, you know, straight up rock record. But it's like there are there are a couple ballads on there. I will call them. And, you know, I I don't think they're terrible songs, but I don't I think they kind of kill the vibe of the record. You know, I don't I don't like their placement. It's kind of it's kind of like with Alkaline Trio on God Damn It, where it's like I really like that album, but it's like Enjoy Your Day comes out of nowhere. And I feel like that kills the flow of the record. And I think there's a couple songs on this one that it does that. But it's like outside of that really really strong album you know we we maybe have waited four years but i'd say it was well worth it there's a lot of great songs on this i can't wait to hear them play live and uh, while i have not interviewed james alex yet for this record i did interview him about three years ago now it's crazy to think we're coming up about three years i interviewed him in uh, march of 2017 and uh, just for a couple minutes on uh, alex chilton because I was doing an episode we were broadcasting that night on the seventh anniversary of Alex Chilton's passing. It ended up being a Friday night, which is uh, the night that the show airs. So I thought, why not talk to some people about Big Star? And uh, he was one of them. The other guest that I had on the show that night was uh, David Julian Leonard, who actually knew Alex Chilton. So I got to talk to a friend of Chilton who uh, was working on and is currently still working on and still plans on putting it out. And uh, looks like there's been some progress lately, but he's putting out a documentary on Alex Chilton. And uh, I believe, yeah, he did a Kickstarter. I forgot. Um, There's been, you know, it's been a few years now since uh, I talked to him on there, but on here, but uh, you know, he, he's done a Kickstarter since then, got some crowdfunding for it. And I think we're going to see something very soon, but uh, anyway, you know, I was talking to James Alex, you know, he he never knew Alex Chilton, but I was talking to him, you know, Beach Slang is so heavily influenced by Big Star. And I mean, James Alex famously walks around a lot in a Big Star uh, hoodie. So it's like it was a no brainer to talk to him. And it was so rad to hear like how he heard about Big Star and, you know, what he thought about Alex Chilton, what Alex Chilton meant to his music. And, uh, you know, I mean, just a sweet, sweet guy. And it was so fun to talk to him. And, uh, you know, I mean, this one's a few years old and it, I, I still really like it cause I love hearing him talk about, uh, you know, Alex Chilton. But for me personally, it's so funny cause this is one of the first interviews I ever did. And, uh, you know, I, it's kind of, I feel like most people are this way with anything that they do, but it's kind of hard for me to listen. So I'm like, oh man, that doesn't even sound like me, you know, but it, it's just crazy how time flies by. I'm like, yeah, this was from three years ago and, uh, a loud bash of teenage feelings had been out like probably four or five months at this point when I talked to him and uh, I cut some of it out, but they were, they were playing with minus the bear at the time on a tour and we're coming near uh, Jamestown, New York, where we do the radio show. They're playing up in Buffalo. So, uh, you know, we were talking about that as well, but it was just a real quick interview. 
And it's, you know, it's something like I wish I would have talked to him longer, but it really, the reason it's so short is just there was so much to fit in that episode and having multiple interviews and stuff. I really wanted to keep it to like three or four questions. So it's like, you know, it, it kind of, like, like I think there's some really neat stuff in here to hear about if you're a big star Alex Chilton or Beach Slang fan, but it's like I wish I could have talked to him even longer. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I just scratched the surface on this one, but uh, I hope you enjoy it. So right now here's my interview with James Alex of Beach Slang from back in Mar- of March of 2017 right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast. Obviously, for this episode, we are celebrating the life, legacy, and music of Alex Chilton on the seventh anniversary of his passing. So right away, do you remember the first time you ever heard Big Star? Oh, clearly, man. I um, The first real band I was ever in, we were playing CMJ one, and we played a showcase with uh, Super Drag, who are also from Memphis. And I remember them saying, John said, we're going to play some Big Star. They broke into September Girls. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. So it was like, as soon as like, yeah, I heard that, I talked to John after the show and it was like, I started just getting my hands on everything they ever did. But, but that was it. So the first time I heard them was the cover, ran out, got like everything. The first thing I got was number one record. And when I heard 13, I was just like, I think I just heard the greatest song. It was it. Yeah. But yeah. So the first time I, I got turned on to them through Super Drag and, and then, uh, yeah, I just started buying everything I could get my That's awesome. I can't think of a better band. I'd, I'd love to hear them uh, cover that. That'd be a great band to do that justice. Um, for you personally, what is it about Chilton's music that draws you to it? Yeah, man. I mean, the thing about Chilton, you know, it's his music and him, right? It's just this, like, it hits on so many levels for me. It's like his voice is just otherworldly, sort of, and it's like beauty, you know? Um and he just had this thing about him that was like, I don't know, I, I suppose the way he valued being an artist more so than like, he was just very into sort of pushing and evolving and seeing, like expanding himself and seeing, I, he sort of valued the things he created in like a very pure way. And I don't know, I suppose that really resonated with me. It was sort of like, if success came, that was sort of a, sort of a, a neat sort of byproduct of it, but it wasn't the sort of track of us all. And also, I mean, on on top of that, because I'm, I'm, it's pretty safe to say that uh, his music influences your music. I mean, what are what are some of the uh, parts of his songwriting? I mean, really breaking it down as a songwriter, what about him influences your music? Oh, sure, man. Well, yeah, I mean, he uses all these like sort of deep chord voices, you know. Um, and there's this beautiful thing about how he lays melody and then harmony. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's not so much about like albeit some of those songs have like complicated and their voices and stuff, but it's like it's that same thing that turns me on about a lot of the stuff that I love coming up. It's about it's less about being virtuoso about things and it's about how do you frame a really genuine charging feeling, you know, and it was just something about the way he did that that I look and you know, I'm gonna strive to sort of emulate. I'm never gonna catch it, but like um there is something really beautiful and pure and almost simple about it. Like, like it's, I like that sort of earnest sort of thing. And I think I try to do that almost where it's like, you know, that feeling of like, it's him playing these songs sitting next to you, like on a bed or something, right? I like that sort of intimate sort of delivery. And, uh, and also, I asked you for uh, one of your favorite Big Star songs, so we could play it after we talk to you. And you chose Take Care. Do you want to tell us yeah. why this one is one of your favorites? Yeah, it just, I, I'm not, I, it, it's almost like this infinite sort of lullaby that sort of just sort of drowns me. And I don't know, there, it's like when I talk about that sort of intimate, sort of honest delivery that he sort of has, I don't know, I just feel like that capsule is so cute. Like, I don't think there's been a time I haven't that, like, the hairs on my arms have I don't see that ending. It's just, I think it's just a Hey, this is James Alex of Beach Slang, and you're listening to the Power Ford Hour. That was my interview with James Alex of the band Beach Slang from back in March of 2017, right here on the Power Court Hour podcast. And go check out the band's brand new album, The Deadbeat Bang of Heartbreak City, is out now on Bridge Nine Records. Definitely worth going and checking out. And if you want to hear that interview again or any of the other interviews that I have done on the Power Court Hour radio show, 
They are uh, on our YouTube page at Power Chord Radio. You'll find them all there. So go check that out and subscribe if you would. And also go check us out on all social media. We're at Power Chord Radio on uh, Twitter, Instagram, on Facebook, or on Spotify. I put up the playlist of the songs that I play every week on the Power Chord Hour radio show that uh, airs every Friday night. I put all the songs that I play on there in a Spotify playlist every week so you can check out what I'm playing if you miss the radio show. And I've been putting up, it's really cool, I've been putting up some of my favorite songs of uh, the last decade. And uh, each week I'm releasing a new one. 2010 and 2011 are both up. And uh, no kind of countdown or anything, not like my top 10 or anything like that, just some of my favorite songs of those years. So I think it's a cool, it kind of makes you nostalgic because you forget how long ago, including the early 2010s were. So it's like, you know, like including things like 2011, you go, wow, that stuff came out nine years ago. You forget how long ago it was. So it's kind of cool to go back and you kind of forget, you know, what years things were released and stuff. So that's all on our Spotify page. So you can follow us there and go check that out. You can also listen to the Power Chord Hour podcast on our Spotify Uh, or on Spotify, I should say. And uh, you can also, if you're not listening to this on YouTube right now, you can listen to the the podcast on our YouTube page as well. And a shout out to you if you are currently listening to this on our YouTube page. But yeah, go check us out. We're on uh, all the social media, all that good stuff. And uh, email me, powercordhour at gmail.com. I have some free Power Chord Hour t-shirts and guitar picks to give away. So just hit me up. I'll send you some for free. And uh, let me know, you know, after after hearing that interview, and I have some more lined up coming very soon, but who would you like to hear me interview? Who should I reach out and try to have on the show? You know, I'd love to hear what the, uh, you know, anyone listening who you think I should talk to next, let me know and uh, maybe I'll reach out to them and who knows, maybe we'll get them on the show thanks to you, so let me know and uh, yeah, we're going to keep moving on, I got some music news for you for the month of January this is some of my favorite music news that I got for you, to kick it off against me, have uh, recorded 17 demos in just 5 days according to a recent tweet by Laura Jane Grace and uh, according to uh, Laura Jane Grace, the band is recording in Michigan and should have a new record out later this year. Uh, no release date, but I'm going to say if they're this far along in January, probably sometime in like the summer or fall. You know, probably not right away, but probably I wouldn't say winter. You know, it's probably not going to be two months, but I bet I bet like another five or six months. And uh, this is going to be the first album with a bass player Andrew Seward since uh, 2011's White Crosses, which would be really cool. You know, I definitely think, I mean, White Crosses was kind of a different sound for them anyways as well, but it is interesting to see what this will sound like with Andrew back in the band because I think he had quite a bit, you know, you don't think about it, but I think he had a lot of what that Against Me sound was. You know, he did he did basically all those background vocals and stuff, you know, I mean, those bass lines had some great driving bass lines. And, uh, I mean, just really, really good, an integral part of Against Me. And it's not like they didn't put out good records without him, but I'm excited to see what they do with him again. You know, I feel like maybe we'll get something kind of along those kind of, like, I don't know, I would love to hear more of, like, new wave kind of stuff. You know, like, I think they sound great polished like that. I know I know that's polarizing. Not everyone likes new wave. Even to this day, I think that that album still pisses people off, some people. But, like, obviously others think it's, like, their greatest album. And I would probably say it's their greatest. I would say Axl Rose, Reinventing Axl Rose is my favorite. But if I'm going to go realistically, what's their best? What are the best, you know, the production-wise, songwriting, you know, the best lyrics, all that? I would say probably New Wave. And, uh, you know, it would be great to hear something like that again. And uh, who knows? Maybe we will. But uh, I'm excited for anything. Their last album, and, you know, I, I know I keep going back to it. Bands haven't released albums in a while. But uh, they put out Shapeshift with me back in 2016. So we're going on four years now. And uh, there's some good songs on that album, but it, I don't think it's the best against me record. I gotta say, like some of their some of their albums took a while for me to get into, but then when I did, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. White Cross is being one of them. Um, the last one that Andrew was on, you know, I didn't love it at first. I liked the first two songs on the record, and it took me a while. But once I listened to it enough, I'm like, oh my god, like the, it just clicks, and it's like I love this album. Whereas with Shapeshift with me. There's like four or five really good songs, but I cannot tell you the last time I listened to that album front to back. It's just not a record I have to listen to front to back. Like if I put New Wave on and I start with the first song, I'm going to listen to the whole thing. You know, it's just one of those records where it's like, all right, I'm not going to skip anything. I'm going to listen to this whole thing. Whereas I don't feel that way with Last Against Me record. But I'm really excited for this new one. 
you know, any any time we get new against me is a good thing. And uh, the the Laura Jane Grace and the Devouring Mothers album that came out last year, or actually, I say last year, two years ago, that came out late 2018. I forgot it was 2020 there for a second. But uh, that album was another one that was a grower on me, but I really, really like that record now. So, I mean, you know, she she's put out some really good music lately, so hopefully that bleeds into the new Against Me record, and it means we get some really good new Against Me music. Speaking of new music, Green Day have released a video for their new single, Oh Yeah. The song comes off their uh, new, their or more, more I should say their forthcoming record that will be out pretty damn soon, like the next, I think, week or so. But uh, their new album, Father of All Motherfuckers, is going to be coming out on February 7th. So very, very soon, depending on when you're listening to this, it might already be out. And uh, the band will be touring with Weezer, Fall Out Boy, and The Interrupters this summer. And, you know, that that's going to be a pretty cool tour. I feel, I do feel, though, like like I would have been really, really stoked on that. You know, I don't know, probably more stoked on it like five years ago than I am now. Because I really do like all those bands, but as far as like the recent stuff they put out, like some of the songs that that Green Day's put out, like this one, oh yeah, it's not bad, but it's not my favorite. You know, it's not my favorite stuff Green Day's ever done. Um, I think it's to me, it's almost like a continuation of some of the stuff they're doing on Uno Dos Tre, and uh, you know, kind of kind of the more rock and roll side, I would say, and like the pop punk side. And it's not bad, but it's not my favorite stuff. And, you know, just as far as Fall Out Boy and Weezer go, I, they neither of them have put out albums that I'm interested in in quite a long time. I mean, there's albums in their back catalog that I absolutely love. I mean, I love the first couple Fall Out Boy records. I love the first couple Weezer records and uh, quite a few spar- you know, sprinkled in between. I really don't get that critical with Weezer until probably like Ratitude. And, uh, you know, and I actually really liked the Red album. Like, when that came out, I really, really liked it. And I don't listen to it a ton now, but I would still say that I consider it a good record. And, you know, I'm not as critical with them. But, you know, I, I they just really haven't put out much that I like. So it's like, I look at that tour and I go, it's really cool. But then I also go, it's it's like, you know, I really only want to hear the greatest hits from any of them because I know they're not going to be playing really deep cuts. I don't expect Fall Out Boy to go out there and play a bunch of Take This to Your Grave songs. Or, you know, anything like that. Or Green Day to play, like, Dookie front to back. Which they've been known to do that. But I just, you know, on a tour like that, they probably won't. But, uh, yeah, of all those bands, I mean, the Interrupters, I think, are the best current band. You know what I mean? Like, as far as still putting out the best music currently, the Interrupters are the best band on that tour, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, still going to be a good tour. All those bands I've seen live and uh, all put on really good shows, including Green Day. Or I should say especially Green Day. I, mean, I think anyone will tell you that who's seen Green Day live, they really are one of the best live bands out there. I've seen them a couple times, and they never disappoint. So go check out that new album, Father of All Motherfuckers, and uh, go check out that tour this summer. They will be coming around basically anywhere you live if you live in the united states they're probably coming around you that's a pretty big tour so go check that out this is another one i am very excited for fat records band the bomb pops have just released the first single off their upcoming record death in venice beach and uh, this song is is called uh, notre dame and the album will be coming out on march 7th or I should, i'm sorry march 13th i should say so go check that out in a couple months here but uh, this song, Notre Dame, is now out, and there's also a video with it on their YouTube page. And it is, it there is definitely some heavy Alkaline Trio vibes to the lyrics and the music. I mean, you know, not the first time that uh, their, their music has kind of sounded like Alkaline Trio or influenced by Alkaline Trio. But this is definitely some heavily, and not even in a way where it sounds like, oh, they ripped off Alkaline Trio. I, I mean this in the best way possible. It's like it sounds like the Bomb Pops kind of doing an Alkaline Trio song. And I think it works really, really well. Um, I mean, it's like, and Dear Beer was a good indication. I think Dear Beer was a really strong EP and was showing where they were going next. And this is like the strongest stuff they've put out yet. Like I'm really, really stoked for this album. Like they're they're one of my favorite like newer fat wreck bands. And they have been around for like a decade now, but it's like they're really coming into their own, I think, since signing to Fat Records. I think a lot of their old stuff, like on Red Scare, is good, but I think they really found their sound on Fear of Missing Out, you know, their first uh, Fat Rec, their Fat Rec debut, I should say. 
So uh, I've been excited to see what they've put out ever since, and I'm really excited for the new record. So be on the lookout for that. That'll be out very soon. Chicago band Sincere Engineer, another great band, recently released a cover of Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. You definitely want to go check this out. It's a really good cover. And uh, they also covered this at their New Year's Eve show in Denver with Against Me. That is a show I wish I would have been at. And uh, also music news. This is a really cool one, too. I'm excited to read this. Bad Religion have announced an autobiography of the band. It is titled Do What You Want, The Story of Bad Religion. And uh, that book will be out this August, so go check that out when it is out. And I can't wait to read it. I've read, uh, I can't remember which one I read, but Greg Graffin has a few books out. And uh, I read one, wow, well over 10 years ago. I was still in high school when I read it. I was like in 11th or 12th grade. But uh, it was really good. I mean, it was a lot more of like religion and science. But, you know, it was interesting because he also, he did sprinkle in bad religion stuff. And he made it work. You know, I don't feel like he shoehorned it in. It wasn't like he was talking about like religion and then kind of like, you know, try to shoehorn in like bad religion or like, oh, my band, you know, my punk band with the Crossbuster logo. Like it works really well. So uh, I'm sure this book is going to be well written. I mean, a band who's been around that long now. I mean, we're talking 40 years, I believe. This will be their 40th anniversary, and uh, it coincides with the autobiography, why they're putting it out. But, I mean, a band around that many years, that many decades, and with as many lineups and stuff as they've had, it'll be very, very interesting. And I don't know if they'll have past members. I would imagine, because they're not a band, they they definitely, you know, they have a lot of of, uh, lineup changes, but it's more of just being a band for 40 years. You know, I don't think it's one of those things where some bands just – have a huge revolving door of musicians and it's like they don't get along when they're gone but i think bad religions really like that because they've had guys come and go and it's like the core of the dudes in that band have been around since the 80s but uh either way it'll be interesting if they get like greg hetson and stuff to uh talk about his time in the band it'll be cool actually i think if we hear from some uh, other people in the band as well so hopefully they do that but we'll find out this summer and i'm really excited for that book and we got a few more things for you on this power court hour podcast episode and right now i have a few more songs for you and we're going to do the power court hour podcast best songs you've never heard music block and we're going to kick it off right now with a band from buffalo new york who haven't been a band for probably seven or eight years now at least. They're a great pop punk band called The Boy and His Machine. And this song is called Walls of Regret. And I first heard this band in 2010. I saw them open for Punchline at a Mohawk Place in Buffalo. One of the best shows I think I've still ever seen at a Mohawk Place. It was uh, Punchline, The Boy and His Machines, The Swellers. Uh, Punchline and The Swellers are just kind of playing a one-off. Fighting for First, another cool uh, now defunct buffalo pop punk band and i believe oh and thrown under the bus another band that is no longer together it's crazy of that show it was punchline headlining um the swellers kind of a co-headlining uh but played right before punchline the boy in his machine fighting for first and thrown under the bus and that is still one of the best shows i've ever seen there probably the best show i should say i mean all those bands are so good like You know, a lot of times you go to a show and, I mean, three of those five bands were uh, local Buffalo bands. And it's like sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing. I mean, it's just the truth with local bands. There's really good local bands and sometimes bands are finding their voice. And, you know, sometimes sitting through three local bands can be a bit much. But this was not the case. This ended up being three bands that I fell in love with um, that night, The Boy and His Machine obviously being one of them. But just bands blowing me away going, wow, Buffalo has a really strong local scene. And I I remember taking that away from there. And uh, it was also the first time I saw the Swellers live. They absolutely killed it. And uh, Punchline are always great. And that's still one of the best shows I've ever seen them play. That's not too long after Paul rejoined uh, Punchline. So they played a lot of action songs, which uh, was not a bad thing. That was really cool to hear. But uh, right now, I have this The Boy and His Machine song for you. There's not a whole lot out there. They did put out a few EPs, and they did okay, actually, over in Japan, I believe it was. like a few. It's funny because, I mean, not a huge band, but there are. they did get their uh, EPs released in Japan with, I think, bonus tracks and stuff. And I think they had a little following over there, and definitely a nice following in Buffalo. I saw... I saw them play a few shows there, and they always had a uh, a nice a nice crowd show up for them. Singing along too, like really genuinely liking the band, you know, a really strong local following, which is cool because not all bands can get that, and they gained a really good following. And I just think this is a great pop punk song. 
So right here on the Power Court Hour podcast, we got the boy and his machine with Walls of Regret.
That was the Benjamins with Wonderful right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast. And that was the Power Chord Hour best songs you've never heard block of music for you. And the Benjamins were a great, great band on drive Through Records. One of the most, not even one of, probably the most underrated band on drive Through Records. I mean, they, they had a modest little following, but not the following they deserved. I mean, The Art of Disappointment, one of the best things ever released on that label. And... uh just a one and done. They put out The Art of Disappointment and that's it. They did have an EP before that and an EP that they put out uh, back in 2013 or 14. Uh, first new music in years. Like, well, not even years. I think like a decade. But uh, yeah, not a whole lot out there. You can go check it out. They might have like 20 songs in existence. But a really, really good band. And before that was another great band who you may have never heard of before, but you should. That was The Boy and His Machine with Walls of Regret. And they were a great Buffalo pop punk band who uh, broke up in the early 2010s. They were together for a few years. And uh, probably the most notable member, right before they broke up, I think like the last year they were together, and I don't think they ever recorded music with them, but uh, the drummer of the band Cute Is What We Aim For, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, he played drums in Cute Is What We Aim For as well as A Stellar Life, he was playing with the boy in his machine, I saw him play with them, last time I saw him play live, he was playing drums with them. So uh, he played with them for a little bit, which is pretty cool. And I know the bass player of The Boy and His Machine has uh, played with Cute Is What We Aim For on a lot of their reunion tours. I think he might currently be, too. Anytime they go out and play, I think he's he's the guy playing bass for him. He's a good dude, Christian Adams. But, uh, yeah, really rad bands, The Benjamins and The Boy and His Machine. If you'd never heard them before, go check them out. Neither of them have a whole ton of music out there, so it's very easy. You can go check it out, like, in an afternoon, you know, go check out a couple EPs and an album or two, and you are all good to go because that is all she wrote with their music, and uh, which is too bad, but hey, at least we got some good music out of it. So that is going to be the Power Chord Hour podcast for this week. I want to thank you so much for checking us out. Like I said, this is only our third episode. I'm still kind of getting it figured out, what I want to do with the show, what I want to talk about on here, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed what I talked about tonight. Enjoyed the interview with James Alex Beachlang. Enjoyed the new music I played you, the old music I played you, all that. I just hope you enjoyed the podcast, and let me know what you thought of it. PowerCordHour at gmail.com. Hit me up, and I do have those Power Chord Hour t-shirts and guitar picks. I would love to send you one, and uh, let me know what you're listening to as well you know i like to expose people to new music but that doesn't mean that i don't miss new music so you know let me know what you're checking out maybe you'll turn me on to something and thus then after that you know i can play it on here and we will turn other people on to it you know so hit me up on there we're also on uh, instagram twitter facebook youtube spotify we're at power chord radio on those things and uh, go check us out. Give us a follow and uh, let me know what you're thinking of the show. Make sure you're subscribed to us. Give us a, a review if you would. I would appreciate that. You know, we're just getting started out. So uh, any support would be appreciated and let your friends know about us. Word of mouth is a very strong way to get it, the word out there. So uh, let people know about it. So until episode four, you can always check out the Power Chord Hour radio show that we air every Friday night at 10 Eastern on 107.9 WRFA in Jamestown, New York. And you can stream the, the uh, station right on WRFALP.com so you can listen from anywhere in the world as well as the WRFA mobile app. You can go download that for your iPhone and listen on there. So you can listen to the radio show from anywhere in the world. Check us out there and check out episode four of the Power Chord Hour podcast dropping very, very soon. But until then, for the Power Chord Hour, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you very much for listening.